The story I'm about to tell you was first told in 1968 in an article by a lady called Dinah Donahue. Whenever Christmas pageants are talked about in a certain little town, someone is sure to mention the name of Wallace Purling. Wally's performance in one annual production of the Nativity play has slipped into the realm of legend. But the people who were in the audience that night never tire of recalling exactly what happened. Wally was nine that year, and at school he had been held back a year. Most people in town knew that he had difficulty in keeping up. But Wally was well liked by the other children in his class, all of whom were just that little bit smaller than he was. Although it has to be said that sometimes the boys had trouble hiding their irritation if the uncoordinated Wally asked to play football with them. Quite often they'd find a way to keep him off the field, but Wally would hang around anyway. Not sulking, just hoping. Wally was an amazing child. He was always helpful, always willing, always smiling, and the natural protector of the underdog. Sometimes if the older boys chased the younger ones away, it would always be Wally who'd say, can't they stay? They're not bothering anyone. Wally fancied the idea of being a shepherd with a flute in the Christmas pageant that year, but the play's director, Miss Lombard, gave him a more important role. After all, she reasoned, the innkeeper did not have too many lines and Wally's size would make his refusal to Joseph more forceful. And so it happened that the audience gathered for the town's yuletide extravaganza of beards, tea towels, shepherds, crooks, crowns, angel wings, halos and a whole stage full of children's voices. No one, on stage or off, was more caught up in the magic of the night than Wallace Purling. They said later that he stood in the wings and watched the performance with such fascination that from time to time Miss Lombard had to make sure he didn't wander on stage before his cue. Then the time came when Joseph appeared, slowly, tenderly guiding Mary to the door of the inn. Joseph knocked hard on the wooden door set into the painted backdrop. Wally, the innkeeper, was there waiting. What do you want? Wally said, swinging the door open. We seek lodging, said Joseph. Seek it elsewhere. Wally looked straight ahead, but he spoke forcefully and then said, The inn is full. Sir, we have asked everywhere in vain. We have travelled far and very weary. There's no room for you in this inn, Wally looked really stern. Please, good innkeeper, this is my wife Mary. She is heavy with child and needs a place to rest. Surely you must have some small corner for her. She is so tired. Now, for the first time, the innkeeper relaxed his stiff stance and looked down at Mary, and there followed a long pause long enough to make the audience a bit tense with embarrassment. No, be gone, the prompter whispered from the wings. No, Wally repeated automatically, be gone. Joseph sadly placed his arm around Mary and Mary laid her head upon his shoulder and the two of them started to move away. The innkeeper 
did not return inside his inn, however. While he stood there in the doorway, watching the sad couple, his mouth was open, his brow was creased with concern, his eyes filling unmistakably with tears. Don't go, Joseph, Wally called out. Bring Mary back. And Wallace Purling's face grew into a bright smile. You can have my room, he said. Some people in town thought that the Christmas story had been ruined, yet there were many others, many who considered it the most Christmas of all Christmas stories they had ever seen. I love that story because it makes us realise that in order for there to be room at Wallace Purling's Inn, there had to be room in his heart. And that's really the question, isn't it? In the busyness of this season, in the darkness of troubled times, do we have room in our hearts? Here's how the poet Anne Weems writes it. When the holy child is born into our hearts, there is a rain of stars, a rushing of angels, a blaze of candles. This God bursts into our lives. Love is running through the streets. A blaze of candles, love running through the streets. That seems like the right way to describe what happens at Christmas. For you see, we are celebrating the one who says to a dark world, I am the light of the world. And here is the thing that we need to remember. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness will never overcome it. <laughs>